Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite podcast where we break down all the dope shit. Today, we're joined by a camarada from the Khalifa Rap Forum. A native from the harbor area of Los Angeles and a good friend of mine. I don't know what he likes to go by, by his first name or Milo Minderbender. <laughs> just recently, it's just been LT for this LT. last year. Yeah. All right. Just all right. these last I know you look up to Ladanian Thompson from the San Diego Chargers, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I wanted to have you on here, Luis, is because uh, you grew up in the Harbor area and uh, Strong Beach, to be exact. It's the L and the B that makes me act like a G. So what got you interested into Chicano rap? Uh, when I was uh, probably about 13 or 14 years old, uh, my friend... Uh, my friend's brother had a big, like, well, at that time, it seemed like a pretty big collection. It was probably like 40 or 50 CDs that he had. And um, he had a lot of uh, local stuff. Like, he had um, Bago and Little Squirrel, Little Rob. So this was around uh, probably 98 or 99. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was just, uh, yeah, so just listening to his collection, and, uh, I got into it. Yeah, yeah that's good. interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, those names, man. Little Squirrel. I, I've i never listened to his album because of that, dude. Because, you know, I, I always say you can't judge a, a, an album by its cover, but the name, man. We got to work on those fucking names, dog. <laughs> that's true. Agreed. 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 Since, uh, since you hail from the Harbor area, we wanted to explore a little treasure from your neck of the woods. So 1997's Here's to You by Lawless. You know, this was originally released by Eastside Records. Uh, around what time, did, what year did that album come out? Do you remember? That Here's To You album, I want to say was like, oof, must have been put out like, I want to say like in 97, maybe? Yeah, not like 97, I yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. Under what label did that album come out on? That one came out on um, Eastside Records. How did you first come about hearing this, Luis? Uh, here's To You, I actually heard it after... Their second album, the um, um, a way of life, a way of life, uh, way of life was the first Lawless CD I heard, and then later on, uh, uh, once I started buying CD, like more started buying CDs more uh, regularly, it was just mm -hmm. one that I ended up picking up, uh, like one of the times that I grabbed it. I used to go to the um, the swap meet that they they used to have. I, I think it closed down for now, but they had a swap meet at the uh, Harbor City college and uh they had a swap meet there every sunday so i would go and grab like a bunch of random stuff and um nice yeah that's at, where i, I ended up grabbing it one day i was at the swap meet today I'm, i'll never be too good and, uh, swap it's meet. not my favorite it's not <laughs> as far as lawless <laughs> cds this one is not my favorite what would, but you know what i like the way of life better really well maybe it's because you heard you heard it first and and that's probably why you're more uh bonded to it what, what about you uh six when was the first time you heard this shit? how i came about this album i actually just knew of lawless but uh just through rhodium i literally only i found out of the album through your recommendation you told me to check it out i found it at a good price and those were my first spins on it a year to a year to two years ago so yeah so Six is uh he's been listening to this shit too for for a long time, but he's been more focused on like San Diego shit. You know how like you have your your niche for Harbor area stuff that like shit that I didn't even know about, like uh you know the Hit Squad and fucking Bago and oh yeah and a bunch of other obscure local artists. Like that's <laughs> kind of how how Six got into Chicano rap was just doing all the Southeast and Correct. and everything that oh, was Eddie, that was coming. Out. Yeah. Okay nice man I, I know you got some some uh history on on this group yeah and you were actually the first person Luis, to to tell me about the name that they used to go by for outlaws share with us a little bit of your history because before you did the lawless you were the outlaws exactly okay we the outlaws. W when did that start and who was a part of the outlaws the outlaws was a group made up of me my homeboy rock his brother shotgun and uh one of my homeboys named sapo yeah. okay but his rap name we used to call him um, a cue ball it lasted the outlaw thing lasted i think it died before it even got going that's the thing i mean we were always trying to dibble and dab in the music you, you want to uh recap on on you know anything that you, that you think 
our listeners might want to know or something that fuck even we might not know uh i probably wouldn't be able to tell you much more than what they uh what he talked about on his uh on that rotom radio interview that that was their name before um before they um switched to lawless for whatever reason um but yeah i'm still looking for that tape too so if anybody has it sell it to me Uh, I know Tony A mentioned he has it, so you know. Hopefully, one day he comes into some sort of agreement with G, and you know they decide to put it out officially. And you know it'd be great to have a physical copy of something like that because that's that's some dope, you know, obscure underground shit. And I'm dying to hear what that fucking enemy song sounds like unedited. You know? No, yeah, right. That it's supposed to be even more. Um more dissing the enemy yeah a, a lot more blatantly <laughs> obvious i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> so if anybody, if anybody has it like let me borrow it i'll tape it up I'll, i'll digitize it um yeah <laughs> i remember getting a demo it was a cd demo it had the song the enemy mm-hmm. i know somewhere amongst my cd collection yeah. i still have it what you know i I've said this before, you know, you really can't judge a book by its cover, but this is one of those few instances where you can. And I mean, I fucking love this cover, dog. You know, I think it draws you in immediately. I assume that's Raul G getting frisked over the hood of what looks like a 66 Chevy Caprice. Uh, and then if I'm not mistaken, that's the LA River in the back, right? Uh probably not the LA River um, it's gonna be uh, let me see hold on let me actually open up let me find it tape mm-hmm. oh yeah you got the tape huh <laughs> yeah uh, I doubt no I, that's gonna be the it's probably that gonna be that, that Vincent Thomas bridge I'm guessing uh, okay. one of those bridges right there by the port the port of Los Angeles That, that could be it that could be it. i don't know man you know that area a lot better than i do but yeah. I, i like this cover i think it's classic all around what's your quick opinion on that the cover is dope i like the cover i like the yeah I like their um concept for it i like it i don't know if it uh well actually here's to you i don't <laughs> i don't know if this this cover would go with that name right but i mean <laughs> it's a dope picture I think I think it's it's more along the name Lawless that probably implies the the guy getting frisked by a cop on on the front cover. I don't know. What do you think, Six? I like the album cover. I like the font that says Lawless. I love the car. Love the picture. Um, just uh, not too big on the album title. But other than that, everything's a go. <laughs> uh, before we get started, I always like to share a quick fact. So uh, I want to give Tony A his flowers because. You know, I feel like he probably gets... Round of applause, round of applause. Chipped a lot on, on the credits, but, you know, we're going to give him his flowers. This was produced by the wizard from Wilmas. Uh, I think he did 90% of this, right? Nine out of the 10 songs that are on here were produced by him. And the first one Correct. was produced by, uh, by Tony G, another great producer. A lot of people don't know that the Lawless album had 10 songs. I produced nine. Yes. And uh, Tony G produced one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the side, track one. So what do you guys think of that first track by uh, produced by Tony G and featuring uh, Nino Brown and AOT? I'm always a big fan of the Tony G production. And uh, I like it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, ALT too. ALT. I've always been a fan of ALT. As far as production, yeah. Okay. As for me, the song and quality of the beat, sick as fuck. Of course, Julio G and Tony G brought yes. it. The beat lives up to the name. Good and strong song to lead off the album. Especially that fucking gangster-ass fucking synthesizer. That shit, that shit, I give that shit a go. So, so far, I got a good impression of Mr. G's rapping style. I got a good impression of the rapping style. Actually, um, he actually hangs with Nino Brown and AOT, who of course yeah. also brought it in the album as well. Yeah. 
So those are my thoughts on that song. You know, if you've read what I've written on Khalifa Rap, then you know where I stand on this. I think this this album as well as the song is it's very privileged because you have major guest appearances from rap veterans like alt and nino brown on this first track and i think uh, that's probably where this album shines is on its features uh i said it before alt is my favorite rapper from la if you consider the sgv to be la i don't know how you LA fools feel about that shit. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but you know what? Like I don't think AOT did his best verse on here. You know what I mean? Like it, it seemed it seemed different to me. It was kind of an unusual format compared to his other rhymes. But you know, I will agree with what Six said. I think Mr. G held his own alongside veteran AOT. Uh, I think Nino Brown's voice on the fucking on the chorus was dope, really raspy, really rough, real rugged and shit. So I think it makes for a good hook. Um, but that yeah, that that sample that you were talking about, six, that's from uh, Quincy Jones. That's Ironside, his sample, and oh. you can hear that shit on uh, "Down for Whatever" by Ice Cube. On the East Coast, West Coast Killer by Group Therapy on that, you know, Aftermath Project. Murder Rap by Above the Law. And, you know, it's just overall, I, I dig this fucking track. I think it's dope. Okay. Yeah. Now, one, one more thing that I also want to say uh, before we move on to the next song is that one thing that I did agree uh, with your review-wise is that this album specifically compared to a lot of other Chicano rap albums, of course it had that LA production, but it sounds like a, like you said, a mainstream album. I agree with that 100%. Overall, I think it, it is pretty um, well um, well done. I um, I don't think it's like a mainstream album, like the whole way through, but I do think there's a few, um, perhaps like the everyday player. Um... Except for Corrido. All right, except for Corrido. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we uh, can get to that. We can get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, track two, can I? Can I get my licks in? My licks in? Can I get my licks in? My licks in? Can I get a lick in? My licks in? Girl, just let me stick the tip in. I'll leave this. I'll take it away, dude. Uh, so I can't really say much about this jam. Uh, you know, the jam without saying disrespectful sounds like he's simping. <laughs> and uh you know like asking permission to get his licks in I, I don't know dog you know what i mean i'm not big on misogynistic songs so maybe that's just my my prerogative but um maybe it's because the tune has a faster tempo I, I don't know what the fuck it is i don't really like this track it, it maybe it's one of those uh bubblegum songs that mr g said he had to do to get a deal with um Eastside records and shit all that was done through bill walker when we first took him our our first stuff they said the same thing to us. That's too street. If you can come up with something that's more commercial, like something that I can put on the radio. Right. And he's like, I'll hook you guys up with the record deal. So I was like, you know what? I'll break it down a little bit and I'll make some bubble gum. And, and in return, I'll flood the album with all the stuff I like to do. I would have preferred to have bed drama on this album instead of this song. Have you guys heard that? <laughs> no, I have not heard bed drama, but I've heard about it through you. I would oh, definitely listen to that. I'll get to it. My thoughts. My thoughts on Can I. Good beat. You know, it does give that vibe that it's like a, seduc a seduction sexual song, but mm -hmm. I don't like the song. I mean, the beat to me, it's like, it's like, it seems like the beat's tailor made for Sugar Free. So when I hear that Sugar Free vibe, it, I can only picture Sugar Free rapping on it. And I just don't like how Mr. G just does not have the rhythm for this kind of song. And I definitely don't like the chorus. I'll keep it simple on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. I, I, I always skip this song too. Skip, 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 skip. Can a gang, can a gang, yeah. BB bang. <laughs> <laughs> on to track three, man. Who's next? This one I like. I do like this one. This is one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, I noticed he mentioned that '93 song, the Enemy version. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, this one's cool. This one, I it's one of my favorite. Uh, it, uh, this one's a one that I that I still play. Like, 
I'll let play on the random songs. I love the beat. You know, I like the wow, wow, wow. That shit's very engaging. Cool little fucking guitar strings in it. Um, it's very good idea to let the beat ride on the chorus. But however, I feel like I feel like Mr. G just lacks rhythm and smooth transitions into the beat. But he does enough to make the song one that I can book. I have a short summary of this too, and it's not because I don't like it that it's short, but I think it, it just does enough for me to to play it. So I, I think it's a really entertaining track. You know, as the inter- instrumental itself is pretty dope. Tony Ace production gives a more hip hop vibe than a gangster rap vibe with the sound of the turntables and the hypnotic loop. I, I think it's really captivating. I hear a lot of similarities between this song and that song by Delinquent Habits called What It Be Like. I don't know if it's the hypnotic turntable uh, sound effect or what the fuck it is, but I don't know why I find so much similarity between those two tracks. The only thing I was going to... It's not really about just this song, but in general, I think... uh, I have a, I have a suspicion he uses a lot of ghostwriters, and uh, I, I think so too. So, so you could hear like the different, um, you know, different styles between the songs and stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> that was just my thought on that one. So I mean, you could kind of, like, especially on the later CDs, you could tell who's writing, uh, who's writing the songs for him, mm. and uh, like um, on. Uh, well, we'll get to this, the American Dream song later. I'll, I'll talk about that. Okay. okay. All right. All cool. Right. Cool. I know what you're going to say about West Side Grim. I can almost read your fucking mind about it, but we'll get to that. So track number four. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a good beat to listen to. I mean, we listen to it just in the car or whatever. I think um, the only... Th- the only thing is, I don't know why they included it on the album as far as a, just a random instrumental in the middle of the CD. <laughs> there, there's a story but, behind that. I like the track. Uh, but before I get my, my fucking two cents in there, I know um, my boy Six has a story for why uh, there is nobody rapping on this. Uh, a reliable source told me that bottom line, that Mr. G just flat out could not rap to the beat. So they just threw it on as a filler, which I'm glad they did. Yeah, that's I mean, just, that's just pretty much it. And <laughs> and good because that beat, uh, something to write to. I mean, if if Mr. G was gonna rap to that, he had to rap to that damn near perfect. Because damn, dude, that honestly, that beat, that instrumental, it sounds like it could have been a big West Coast hit in the '90s. It, it gives me like mm. Warren G vibes all around. You know. Um, yeah. I love this is a song that I I, I play this song all the time. I love to. I love to drive this song. I, I bump this song all the time. So and, this and song you know gives what? it a go. Exactly. I think this song really lives up to its name, right? It is something to ride to. I drive up the five every day, to and from. So I'm driving from fucking from North County, San Diego, all the way to South Orange County. And so I'm cruising through the five along the beach and this song is a must to play. It's just pure fucking magic. <laughs> and you I know, agree. it's it's I don't know how often I, I've played this track and I can't say anything bad about the composition, the instrumental, or just the way that it plays. Uh, the only thing that does suck is that there isn't somebody rapping to it. But, you know, if if you want to hear somebody rap to this, there is a track out there, uh, Mr. Vic. So shout out to Vic from Santana. He actually... What up, Vic? Oh, what nice. up, Vic? Yeah, he actually has it. a... He has a track where he raps over this, and I think it's mostly in Spanish, if I'm not mistaken. But it's it's pretty dope. Um, this you know this this song really just gets me in the zone. So I love driving to fucking something to ride to. It's my favorite. It's, it's my that one along with the opening track, are my favorite instrumentals of the album. Really? Elaborate yeah. on that shit. Some, no, no, like, no. Something to write to, and the first song, and the first song on the album, the the gangster shit, those oh, are my okay, favorite okay, instrumentals. Okay. Those are my favorite instrumentals on the album. 
Gotcha. Hasta so you were talking about my... El Corrido. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, no. I'm ready to talk about El Corrido. Este es El Corrido de los Perros Callejeros. Guerrieros, pistoleros. Vivimos por el cuete. Y el dinero y así. Um, his rhythm and delivery to the song. It, it just, I like how it kicks off right away. But however, the song should have stayed in Spanish. Part of me wants to even say he sounds better in Spanish. Um, but um, what's kind of intriguing is that this was recorded in 1996, right? Released in 97. But mm -hmm. this to me, it has like, like a Mexican Spanish rap all over it. Like, you know, yes. that control machete sound, that quinto sol sound. It's like, you can just tell when it's like a Mexican rap beat. Not like Diablo, but you can just tell that. It, but the thing is, all this Spanish rap, that kind of like Spanish rap style came later on. So mm -hmm. that, it just trips me out. But uh, it, I like the chorus, even though I'm not too big on Spanish rap, but there is better. I'm, I'm not too big on the beat. Those are my thoughts on it. Okay. <laughs> I actually like the beat better than the lyrics. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I know you hate the guitars, but I like the guitar on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. As far I do think also that the first two verses were better than Spanish verses, and uh, I did think it was weird. Not weird, but. It, I also think it should have stayed for the third verse. Should have stayed in Spanish as well. Um, that's that's what I feel about this one. Now this is a day in the life of a dog off the streets packing heat, raised in the small set, claiming, dump banging, dope slanging, balls hanging. You know, um, apparently this track happens to be Mr. G's favorite track off the album. You know, maybe it's because El Corrido is dedicated to his homies. I, I don't know exactly why. Now, off that first album, Here's to You, what is your favorite song on there? The Here's to You album, I think my favorite song was uh, El Corrido. You know, here, here's my thoughts. The instrumental is all right. It, it's grown on me. The first time I heard it, you know, fucking over a dozen years ago, uh, I wasn't really big on it. But, you know, every time that I, I sit down and listen to an album thoroughly because we're going to review it, certain songs, you know, happen to grow on me. And this is one of them. Um, I, I think this beat should have started at the 22 second mark because there's a certain there's a certain sound or, or instrument or noise that that starts and then it you know it repeats throughout the song but I wish that faint sound would have been a little bit more prevalent and it would have made the song a lot better and I'll play that clip for you guys so you guys understand what I'm talking about because it, it, it does sound pretty dope a mí me vale, hago desmadre, no salen de mis jales, ya saben, soy el perro de las calles, tiro como el gallo, listo para los tiros. I think the effort was there. Uh, his vocabulary is versatile enough for coherent sentences in Spanish. And up to this point, I think uh, I concur with what, what Six said. Up to this point, I don't think there was too many Spanish rap songs made. I think there was, you know, several Spanglish songs that preceded this. But I think, um, who is it? Uh, uh, Sinful's uh, El Pecador was probably the other one that was contemporary with its time. But, you know, I, the, again, the, if you listen to his vocabulary, it's not, it's not too much too pocho. But it is there, you know, knowing that that he speaks more Spanish than than the average Chicano. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, however, there is a way that he stresses his rhymes in a hardcore pocho sense, a very <laughs> pocho delivery. You know, so I think you guys can pick up on that. It's, it's not as natural as Sinful's uh, rap, you know, the, the Sinful from the Mexicans. His delivery is a little bit more natural and relaxed. But, it, you know, to his defense, I've heard Wicked from um, from Brownside stress his syllables like that, too, sometimes. You know, he'll be like, in your mental, pendejo. You know, it's like some shit like that. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, I'm not sure if any of you guys caught this, 
but part two sorry uh but a part of verse two was used on the it ain't easy song from the west coast gambinos compilation from 1999 oh, i have that album but i haven't caught that I yeah, I need, to, I need to take a listen to that. I need to take a listen to that again. Yeah, he, he I'll I'll compare the songs for for the listeners and for you guys when I edit this, and and I'll play them back to back so you guys can pick up. Uh, so part of the, the verses were recycled and used for that song, uh, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because G says that between um, between uh i think the second and third album is when they were recording um this compilation the the west coast gambinos in between uh the second and the third album we put out that west coast gambinos west coast gambinos compilation that was like in 99. so it makes sense that it's all kind of relatively the same time and probably rehash some of that verse and use it on that shit. but yeah that's something i caught so I thought Luis would have caught it because he catches everything too. <laughs> no, I didn't catch this one. Actually, um, well, as far as West Coast Gambinos, I I usually skip the lollipop. Really? I, <laughs> I I don't know. I um, yeah, I huh. skip that. <laughs> Man, don't be a hater from the hater area, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding, dog. I, I I love everybody in LA County, man. I just like the clown. Um, now on to everybody's favorite song, Everyday Player, baby. I love this fucking song, and I know my boy out in Canada, Jay Function, loves this shit too, but this is the motherfucking jam right here. I could have written an entire page to how incredible this fucking song is, but let me elaborate a little bit or simplify it. The composition of the instrumental is amazingly done. So kudos to Tony A. He created this masterful tune. The melody is engaging from the jump. Uh, the song is the epitome of G-Funk. You got the chorus that's on point. You know, the female vocals really highlight the jam. So shout out to Diane Gordon. She did an amazing fucking job. Uh, for a long time, this was my favorite track. Um, it still is up there, you know, but another song on here has grown on me. Uh, I mean, you really can't go wrong with the fucking slow pain feature. I come sliding in the 83 Rico, moonroof half open, bumping out the smoking. Anytime, it, and this is my number two guy from LA, dude. ALT and slow pain are my absolute favorites. And so whenever I hear slow pain on a feature, you know, more often than not, it's a good song. So did you guys ever notice that slow pain always drops or makes a reference to an oldie song? Like every uh, fucking feature or, or song that he's on, he always mentions an oldie. Does he really? <laughs> yeah, dude, he really does. And I'll play you like three or four songs back to back right now. After I, I um, after I'm done editing, you'll see like he's always making a reference to to an oldie. And this song, he says, "I got two lovers and I ain't ashamed." yeah that's another okay. song yeah uh i think he also mentions you know uh he's playing uh cool in the gang and some other shit and they're, they're, he's always dropping hints at, at oldies but i pay attention to the shit that he does you know There's one other thing I wanted to include. So when I first heard this song, I had to share it on YouTube with everybody. So I posted it on YouTube. And one of the comments, I was going back and, and reviewing this. And there was this comment that somebody left. And it really, like, this is one of those things that I have with mainstream listeners. 
and how the mainstream treats Chicanos involved in music. So when I first posted this song uh, on YouTube, some motherfucker said that this song was missing a black voice and that Mr. G had an accent. Motherfucker said that as if black rappers themselves don't have accents. Again, I've told you guys that I can't fucking stand Bun B and Pimp C from, from the South. I can't stand <laughs> Southern rappers because of that fucking thick, hideous accent. There ain't nothing here they can do these things for somebody. Man, look at this thing, man. Man, this boy's dating, man. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, that guy's like a Boozy and Webby. They're horrible. Oh, dog. I mean, the, you can go on and on with Southern rappers and, and that black accent from the South, and it's just fucking horrible, dog. I mean, even black accents from New York, I can't fucking stand, dog. And you know what? Um, a lot of people always always tell me, like, why, why I'm always so out there? Why I'm so hype? Why all of this? Yeah, as a whole, you know, the whole reason I got into Chicano rap was because I wanted to get away from, you know, rappers dropping end bombs, and that was like my my fucking exit and and my salvation here is just listening to non-black rappers. But to hear somebody say that, you know, this song needed a black voice, it kind of struck a chord with me. You know what I mean? My thoughts on Everyday Player. I like the song. Diane Gordon and, and Tony A, they carry Mr. G across, man. And mm-hmm. also Slow Pain. Slow Pain closes out the song smooth, but Mr. G just doesn't do it for me in this song. But everybody else, they carried Mr. G across this whole song, man. I'm so telling you, it's the features, bro. It. The features are what fucking makes this song as well as the production. LT, what about your thoughts? Um... I uh, I have no proof, but I think this one was written by Slow Pain all the way through, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and just uh, Mr. G couldn't carry it right. But um, and he I fumbled. Saw he, that fool fu- he fumbled. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I saw he threw a little diss at the uh, east side. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, you guys thought that, but I heard. Uh, don't don't confuse me with the rest of the lanes because I represent <laughs> the West in this game. So um, let, let me explain that for six because he might not know. So there's another group out in, in Wilmas that came out before Lawless or probably around the same time. Uh, that group is called Brown Pride. I know you had uh, Brown Pride. Uh, I don't want to confuse that and I need to, to point that out that it's not Brown Side. Right, Brown Pride. Brown Pride. Is that and... the orange cover with like the four dudes on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, ah, okay. that's them. Uh, so they're banging East Side Wilmas, and Lawless is from the West Side. Okay. Uh, I didn't know those fools were from Wilmas. Okay. Yeah, so those fools are from a specific neighborhood called L Street. Or I'm sorry, uh, specific clique of East Side Wilmas, and that's L Street. Talking about the East Side, don't ride, can't run, can't hide, fuck with the brown side, that's suicide. Coming from Wilmas, the East Side of town, where lemmas get beat down when it's time to throw down. Let me take you on a little trip, as we jump in the round front, cruise the L Street strip. Going up and down and down and up, living the lifestyle that don't give a fuck. It's an East Side song, it's an East Side hit, it's an East Side thing, with some East Side shit, that's how it is in this part of town. Anytime that you hear him say lops, lames, or whatever, he's making a reference to specifically that neighborhood. So if anybody's listening, I'm not meaning any disrespectful. I'm just adding some context to what is being said. I got love for everybody from everywhere. So I I don't really give a shit where anybody's coming from. But I just wanted to elaborate on this song. As far as the production, I do like the beat. And I also think I think that every rapper should have used Diane Gordon. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, <laughs> some of the some of the girls they use for singing sometimes for their choruses are not too uh, pleasant to the ears. But uh, who's the other she female? Is. Um, Diane Gordon and there's okay. another female. Uh, what's her um, name? There's Diane Gordon. There's uh, Nancy Fletcher. And then was it the, the white woman? No, no, you're right. Nancy was Fletcher it? was the other person I was thinking of. Okay. Now, fellas, uh, who wants to open up American Dream? I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> That's probably my favorite track off the album. I like Westside Graham. I think 
on this one <laughs> sorry guys i'm gonna mention every time i think who, who wrote it um on this one i think it was written by esa das um as far as uh mr g's verse really uh well just just my thought I, I don't i don't have the credits in front of me to look at it but i doubt he is but i just like the style of their rapping the style of the because you could i mean you could tell you know like you get used to like um a certain rappers like especially your favorite rappers because i said that was one of my favorite rappers and uh so you could tell like you could tell the they have the, i mean the style of when they're writing something and and some of the things he says um as far as like some of the you know like they'll mention the same type of things on different songs that they wrote that they are uh, recorded for themselves and all that um the i don't know if it's on this song i think it's on this song where um he says something about Every the ones I, I don't know what I don't know what they're talking about, but I, I've heard them say it. I heard Mr. G say it on. I think it's on this song. Fuck the ones I got them straight paid off. I send the chief of police and we know the play golf. Who's the blue light sitting on the table, surrounded by money, drugs, and guns? Fuck the ones. Okay, interesting. Um, what about you, Six? What do you think? Man, um, I like this song because it's it's really different. It stands out more. I love the replayed version of Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child, obviously by musician uh, Stuart Weiland that uh, Tony A hired, along with Tony's Touch. Uh, this song definitely, uh, with West Side Grimm, it, 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 with, with Mr. G, it basically pretty much, there's more motivation and energy. It's just, it shows off that at least um, Mr. G has some kind of versatility in him. Cause I'm your butcher 24, seven days a week, except for them holidays, I'm only moving the keys and quarter peas. So I love this song. Um, I just got um, one quick little childhood memory with this song. Um, I used to be a big wrestling fan, okay? So this song for a short period of time used to be one of Hulk Hogan's um, ring entrance theme songs. And <laughs> was that shit was badass. Bad I'm not talking about red and yellow Hulk Hogan, you know, say your prayers, you know, eat your vitamins Hulk Hogan. I was talking about Hollywood Hulk Hogan, the, the Eve one. That fool would come out. To the fucking bow, 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 bow. I think you know and he would come out with the big gold WCW championship belt and would act like he was playing it as a guitar. Class moments in my childhood, man. And uh I give this song a go. Okay. Um I did not like this song when I first heard it. And for the first, you know, 10 years that I heard the song, I, I really wasn't big on it. And again, as I mentioned, as I've been playing this album front and back, you know, for a month straight, just just to get a feel for, for this album, uh, I think it's grown on me a little bit. I, I do appreciate the Jimi Hendrix uh, nod right there. So that was dope. Uh, that Voodoo Child uh, interpolation was was dope. I'm glad to hear some variety in the sampling or, or the the interpolation. Uh, I'm not big on the beat, but I am really interested and captivated by by the rapping. Right. So uh, the title and the theme of the rap song reminds me of some Scarface movie plot for some reason. We gotta expand the whole operation. Distribution, New York. Chicago, L.A. But uh, outside of his appearances with Spanish Fly, uh, you know, you can hear Westside Grimm has... Uh, is is Westside Grimm from Wait Must 2, dog, or, or no? Yeah, he's also from the Westside. Ah, okay. Uh, interesting. I didn't know that. Westside Grimm. Westside. You know, it's because the only times I heard Westside Grimm, he was on um, the Shaft Gangsta Click, wasn't he? Oh, I think he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so I always thought he was some fucking crip or some shit, and I didn't realize he was Mexican until, like, way later and shit, but um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, have you guys heard the remix for this song? No. I have not. Yeah, I just found it on YouTube. And you know how on the interview with uh, Tony G, sorry, Tony A, uh, Mr. G says that he's thinking about, you know, taking it back to old school hip hop beats and shit. 
pretty soon I'll probably release something new. It ain't going to be the same old stuff that y'all used to hear that I used to put out back in the day. It's mostly kind of uh, old school hip hop beats, you know okay. what I'm saying? Because that's the kind of direction I want to go in. I want to I take the old school back. That remix has, I don't know, I guess you could hear like a modern take on old school hip hop beats. So it, it's not bad, but it's, it's very recent. You can definitely tell that the production is recent. But I just wanted to throw out there that there's a... Okay. Good looking, good looking. Yeah. I was on uh, Westside Grimm's on Instagram, and uh, I just noticed he had mentioned, like, a few months ago, and he, uh, I think he, he gets, like, uh, butthurt easily. Um, <laughs> I, he, posted a, he posted a post about um, Tony G was talking about... Tony G was talking about that he hadn't worked with anybody from the West Side until he worked with um, Lawless. And then, uh, but he mentioned that his card date song actually was recorded first with uh, with with Tony A. Probation violate, they wanna throw the book at me. Looking at my long motherfucking criminal history. The DA and kicking no slack. Trying to send me up the river for somebody else's prisoner. I don't know. That huh. was just a little sight. Okay, so j just to clarify for the <laughs> listeners, you, you said Tony you... G at first, but you meant Tony A, right? I meant Tony A, yeah. That's huh. what it yeah, so, that that okay. song uh, that you're talking about is on that that lowrider compilation, right? The 2000 or what is it called? Right? Uh, no, 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 99, right? 99. I think. Yeah, I think it's on the 99. I, I know I've seen it on a few compilations. Uh, the card date. I, I guess it was originally going to come out on that. There's a Essendon and Westside Grimm album that never came out. It used to be on YouTube. A lot of the songs used to be on YouTube, and uh, they got taken down. But oh, it was damn gonna, it. Yeah, it was called. The, I think you you might still be able to find a few of them. It's called the the Krisnak theory, Krisnak theory. And, um, oh, you know what's funny is that Essa Daz mentions Krisnak on that song, uh, "The Money," uh -huh. on the Southside Riders compilation. So that makes sense. I think that that song might have been from that from that CD that never came out. They put out like they put out like three of them, three or four of the songs on different compilations, but they never put out the whole. Like if you hear, well, back then if you heard it on the YouTube, if you heard all the songs, there was a, there was a, probably seventeen or eighteen tracks, and a lot of them were new, but there was a few that were on the like on compilations. Damn, did you ever save any of them? No, I didn't. I still let damn it, Luis. I saw it once. I didn't see it for sale, but I saw that it sold like maybe like a burned copy like out in Japan or somewhere. So I'm still looking for it. I still look for it once in a while. Yeah, Japan be, be fucking bootlegging all sorts of shit, dude. Okay. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so hey, good glitch on that shit. I, I wasn't aware that there was a Essa Daz and Westside Grimm album. I really love the, the fucking the features that, that Westside Grimm has had with with um with Spanish Fly, so that's dope. Yeah, no, he's dope. I, I like him a lot. I like his music a lot. What about um? On top of the game. Take it away, six. The vocals by Diane, the beat by Tony A, and Nino Brown kicking off the start of the song. Literally, that's that's three stars lining right there. I definitely fucking. I love I love this song, man. I can just picture like a. You know, drinks, fly outfits, sexy ladies just chilling in the lounge. Uh, the song is smooth. It's just uh, Mr. G barely did enough to hang, man. The song could have been better on Mr. G's part. You know who got the bomb, Mr. G, Lawless Clicks, so it's on to the break of dawn. Ain't no stopping when you know it's popping. Just on and racking, we're cracking. That's a pretty constant theme throughout the whole CD, right? <laughs> but, um... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I first heard the song on the um, Brown Pride Writers. It was on, um, I think, Volume One, hmm. and um, and um, I like it. I, I always thought it was a Nino Brown song uh, since I heard that first before I heard this Lawless yeah, CD. And and also because there's like two Nino Brown course. I mean, two uh, Nino Brown uh, verses in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I always, yeah, I thought it was just a Lawless feature, but I guess not. Huh. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even catch that. Um, yeah. So as far as for myself, I, I hadn't caught the, that um, idea that this could have been a Nino Brown song, and they just fucking threw um, G on there. But um, 
this is the other song that I mentioned earlier that has really grown on me. I fucking love this song, dog. Just the composition of this instrumental alone, I could just fucking vibe to it for days. Um, Diane Gordon kills it once more. I mean, what can I say? Her vocals are superb. Now, here's where I differ on both of you. Um, I actually think that Nino Brown doesn't even sound like he's rapping in the first verse. So I, I, I feel disconnected or disengaged when I'm listening to that first track or that first verse. It sounds like he's just having a conversation with himself, and it's not even in rhyme. You know what I mean? Like more it, like it's an weird. introduction, more like <laughs> describing a situation. Yeah, yeah. You know how like a bunch of rappers, like when they're done with their verses at the end of the song, they'll they'll do like a conversation, but in some way. Of a rhyme, yeah, they, like, like, like they're shout outs in another way, yeah. They're kind of shout outs, yeah. but they're rhyming. I know Tupac has done a few of them. Y'all want us to put down our glocks and our rocks, but y'all ain't ready to give us no motherfucking dollars. What happened to our 40 acres in the moon, fool? And I forget who else uh, has done shit like that, but like they'll rhyme kind of, but they're just more having a conversation and. This is how I felt that Nino Brown's verse was. Oh, like, like, uh, like Jay-Z and Imaginary Player. That's a good example. Yeah, yeah, that could be one, you know? You know, it, I, I didn't get the impression that he was really rapping. Uh, so you know how like sometimes rappers will, will charge a different uh, amount on their verse depending on how good it is? I felt like this was that shit, you know what I mean? But to me, G comes off smoother than than Nino Brown does. And that it but you know that hook is what draws you in, you know, for whatever reason, my favorite part is Nino Brown saying That part right there, dog, that's just fucking smooth. You know what I mean? Like I listen to it, I'm like, damn, rewind that shit, you know what I mean? Because yeah, who but, else is gonna say that? You know? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, close to that. I, I love the way that this ends and it segues into the next track where you hear Diane Gordon saying, "That shit is yeah. dope." Segue into the enemy. Who wants to take this one away? I like it a lot. I do. I like a lot. Want to hear the original? But as far as um, when I'm feeling angry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll drive listening to this song. They're not my enemies. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I had a like a high school girl girlfriend, if you call it that. From uh, she was actually from L Street. Mm. So, and um, but so it's fun hearing that this is. <laughs> oh man that's that's funny why don't you uh chime in on this i i don't like the chorus the beat is uh too feel good and positive for the message of the song um i to me i i know there's history and some of the favorite songs to others but to me personally i, I just don't like the song and especially it kills it when he's talking about uh, he couldn't pick a better reference and saying flushing the cerote, you know, like I'm not just I'm just not big on the song, my boy. Okay. Okay, so I, I concur on that. I, I'm gonna second that notion. So I I love this jams instrumental. I fucking love it. I yes. think the samples are fucking dope, right? The 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 floaters float on song. And my name is Real fucking dope. The fucking the baseline from Houdini. The drums, I mean, it, it just fucking it, it slaps, dog. This shit is is dope. Now, I. I'd like to know how much more explicit the original version of the song is. You know, the first incarnation from that demo had to be scaled back to make this cut. Now, let me say something, because when I first heard that CD, I'm not going to lie to you. Here's what went through my mind. Holy shit. These guys are gangbanging at an all-time high. 
And when um, you approached me and said, we want you to produce our record. Mm -hmm. That was one of the songs that I had to talk to you about yes, first. Yes, yes, I remember. Because I said, Gee, are you sure you want to do this? No, and we did. I mean, we cut it down, but we still ran with the majority of the song. Right, yeah. right. Okay. So, you know, I, I want to know what the hell that sounded like. But, you know, obviously we all know it's dedicated to those rival neighborhoods surrounding, you know, the area. Um, there are two things that ruined this song for me. And I will concur with what my boy Six was saying. The chorus. I'm not big on the fucking chorus. And number two, the use of the word shit. Now, I know <laughs> I know what he's referring to. Uh, it, again, anybody from Harbor City, I apologize if this offends you, but it is Harbor City who they're talking about, right, LT? It is, yeah. Yeah, so I grew up in Oceanside, and that was one of the names that they had for a, a, a rival neighborhood there, too. And out of respect for a lot of the friends that I have that grew up on both sides, I'm not going to say the neighborhood, but... I don't feel comfortable playing this song because I feel it's disrespectful to some of the homies I grew up with, but I still like the shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it just makes it hard to bump with with the word shit on here so many times. It, it almost reminds me of, of that South Park episode where they say shit like 200 times. If you guys remember that. <laughs> Uh, oh, but is know, that a, is that I don't remember that episode, but does Mr. Hanky come out in it or I'm no, no, does. no, it, he doesn't come out on it. But it's it's an episode where where the the network allowed the South Park creators to say the word shit, and the 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 the, the fucking network wasn't aware of how many times they were gonna say it, so they say shit like two hundred times, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, so. Anyway, sometimes I just want to loop this track and replace the chorus with that loop just so I can feel more comfortable playing the song. <laughs> but I, I think it's a great instrumental. It's just uh, I really wish they would have made the, the disses a little bit more subtle because this could have been a radio song. <laughs> yeah, this shit would have been fucking slapping, dude. Uh, but, you know, on to the last track, dude. Here's to you. Who wants to take this one away? LT, LT. Uh. It's a good. Um, I mean, I understand their message, like to the haters, but mm -hmm. it's it's like the beat is too happy for their uh, for the subject, right? And I, <laughs> it always reminds me of like like a Christmas song. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those are my thoughts on this one. Um, okay, short and sweet. Sounds good. What about you, Six? You you got a little bit more. Um, let you on this so I, I want you to take it away and give her a shot okay all right here we go uh the beat is just too jolly it, it doesn't ma match like the west coast sound that i'm looking for i don't know why but i just get these puff daddy loon mace chingy vibes off the beat <laughs> i definitely don't like the chorus it's off beat what happened they couldn't they couldn't uh pay diane gordon one more song like, <laughs> it, it just uh the song it just reminds me of a generic sound i don't know how to describe it but I've, I've said this before in a previous episode um these this reminds me this song reminds me of like the songs that like they come out in like the tv series or lower budget films where you can't even name or find out who rapped the song it, <laughs> uh, other examples where you can find it is like the rap songs you hear, even though it's not a low-budget film, the, the songs that you hear on Alpha Dog, there's rap songs, but, you know, you just don't know who the hell raps them. Um, as, as far as, as far, uh, for Kid Frost, disappointed. I mean, there's some rappers that know how to recycle their words, their stick. Um, Nino Brown could be one of them. Little one that they can do it in a smooth way. But Kid Frost is like, come on, like, nothing has evolutionized. Same thing, same routine. Raza, que pasa, calabaza. It's, it just, it roots back to, you know, 
I'm just not big on it. It just sounds too jolly. Not big on this song. Hey, guess who's back in the casa? Big Daddy Frost put it down for the raza. So get pasa. Who got game like I do? I think that rhyme scheme is the limitations of a Chicano's vocabulary. And I can, I can let that slide because I grew up... So I've said this before, I was born in Mexico and I was raised there up until I fuck five or six years old. And then the rest of the time was down here in Southern California and I can speak Spanish. The limitations of my Spanish are, are framed by my, my American prerogative, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I can understand why Kid Frost's vocabulary is limited. But I think you, you mentioned something else that that source close to you mentioned to you that that chorus, I'm sorry, that uh, verse was ghostwritten for Frost. Yeah. Oh, yes. Correct. 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 Ah, thank you, dude. I completely forgot about that. Slow Pain wrote Kid Frost's verse. Mm. So that's the thing, too, is that um, I actually like it. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because slow pain's verse is what stands out so b before i get into that let, let me give you my two cents on the overall concept of the song i think it brings the album to a close in a in a right manner because it starts off very like hardcore and then it just kind of smooths out the last three songs and it gets very like i don't know it puts you in a certain vibe and it, it's um you know obviously it's the titular track to the to the fucking album right so it shares the same name as the album um it, it contains an intricate sample of here's to you by sky and i i've only heard this well i've only recognized this sample one other time and that was on a song by Gospel Gangsters, but they weren't sampling that part of the song. Or I, I guess the the song, the the Lawless song, is more of an interpolation of the chorus and not necessarily the full-on beat of that song. So when I edit this, I'll, I'll put those two songs together so you guys can understand what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's funky with the roster of G-Funk, I'm sorry, uh, a G-Spot heavy hitters, Frost and Slow Pain. Um, you know, Frost even alludes to this being part two of Eastside Rendezvous. Kind of gives you some, some, um, some Friday weekend vibes, you know what I'm saying? Um, the song itself has been has always been a favorite of mine. I like it a lot. And with you know that sweet production from Tony A, I actually enjoy it. So yeah, I agree with you. It is very pop like. It it does sound happy and it does have those cheerful vibes. But I think in the if you look at the full scope of the album, you have one contrasting theme of starting off hardcore and rugged, and then the last three songs really smooth out to that look. Like, that that g-funk vibe of just riding cruising and chilling out you know what i'm saying right so i i can appreciate how that was done and and the vision for that you know it it, it does have that that um p diddy slash mace. bad boy vibe bad boy vibe yes that's when um mo money more problems came out and uh, that's when mace's uh debut album was out too so yeah I would okay say, yeah yeah, so probably, I mean, it could have been, you know, again, this album does bear a lot of those mainstream sounds, as we were talking about, it doesn't have that underground feel. Altogether, you can feel the chemistry between the artists and the producers. Um, the byproduct was clean, it's smooth, sharp, and, and crisp. Um, I just think it really brings a, a good close to the album. It smooths out all the rough edges on the album, so that's the way I want to put it out. Um, how do you guys feel? about the album as a, as a whole as a whole i like it i mean i like most of it um there's there's those few songs that i skip um but i like the overall the overall work on it um i like it more now than i did when i first uh when i first heard it i i yeah it's still not my favorite lala cd but i could i could listen to it more than half of it now.
blasphemy. <laughs> uh, what about you, Six? Uh, my my closing thoughts. I'm gonna just use a and compare it to an old hobby of mine, which would be team sports. Um, I enjoy the album. You know, it's uh, it, it definitely is an album that I will agree on you both. It does grow on you. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I'm gonna say the obvious, and I'm gonna repeat myself again. But this time, I'm going to use a sports analogy to break it down. I look at Mr. G as a game-managing quarterback. What is a game-managing quarterback? It's that despite the individual stats like passing yards and touchdowns, that being his wrapping, flow, and delivery, he makes low numbers of mistakes, a low number of mistakes, and does enough enough to hang with his own album. Now, game managers, game managing quarterbacks benefit from a strong defense mm-hmm. and a strong rushing offense. So in this album, that would be the producers and the musicians. So Mr. G is not a good game managing quarterback like a, maybe Jeff Garcia or Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, but he's more along the lines of like a Kyle or John Kitna, you know? <laughs> so those are my closing thoughts, man. I, yeah, so I'm just dis- disappointed in that Mr. G was kind of, you know, given a, what is it, the silver spoon or the golden platter? Almost said he said in the mouth or the point yeah, is, yeah. he doesn't really live up to expectation of all the other good that's around this album. So that's my final thoughts on the album. Okay, you know, fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Um, I, you know, I there there is a lot of things I, I, I can say that I agree with. Uh, just a quick fact. Did you guys know that Eli Manning's nickname was Easy E? <laughs> was it? Oh, you did, you did yeah. send a clip. You did send a clip of that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put that up for you guys to understand that reference. But uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that clip. I remember when you sent me that clip. Hi, I'm Eli Manning. Some of the players call me Easy. You know, I'm not a rapper or anything. You know, Easy E or just because, uh, you know, I, I, I don't cause a lot of, a lot of problems. I, this album comes at a strong recommendation for me. I think that if, if you are building a, a foundation for your collection of underground Chicano artists, like I think this is a must-have. I, I haven't really thoroughly listened to the other albums by Lawless, but this one just it it's at that sweet spot of you know that that time frame of Chicano rap coming up and putting nothing but fucking quality out there. So. I really like this. I like it a lot. I, I can say, you know, a few more things about this. Uh, primarily that this album sits at a perfect length. You know, the production behind this release is what, what drives this project. Uh, if you don't already own it, I think it's worth adding to your collection. Um, I, I do. I will say that this is a classic. I, I just fucking love it. It's not perfect. But I understand that it's rough. It's rugged. You know, uh, even G and... and um, Tony A have said that, you know, homeboy skills sharpened as as he progressed in his career. And I remember when we did started working on the second album, I saw your your uh, um, style. Your, um, I'm looking for the right word that your skill, yeah, progressing a lot. Man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's the guy right there mm-hmm. that I've been looking for mm-hmm. because I still thought on the first one, I thought it was dope, but possibly a little bit of gr- little green. Yeah, you know. Of I think it's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the effort was there. I think the production was a driving force behind this. And of course, the features, you know what I mean? The features are what really kept this album together. And, you know, I I would say that I would replace a few songs. You know, if I could correct this or, or add my, my input would be number one, remove the song, Can I? I don't like that song. I would have added Bed Drama because it has a doper sample. If you don't already know it, it samples Oh Honey by the Delegations, and it samples... Oh, hell yeah, dude. And it samples uh, Leon... Fuck, what's his name? Hayworth or whatever? Le- the guy Leon, that... Hay- Leon Haywood. Haywood, there we go. The guy that made the song I Wanna Do Something Freaky to You. Yeah. That the, Tony A's composition on that sample or interpolation, it's fucking genius. So that should have been on this fucking song. I'm sorry, on this album instead of um, Can I? And lastly, just... 
I wish they would have cleaned up the enemy a little bit more. You know, remove the fucking chorus. And, you know, even if it didn't have a chorus, that song would have be a 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? Any mm. shout outs you want to give? Nobody. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got, let me. Uh, Any exes from uh, uh, Texas? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> None from Texas. Now, let's. Um, let me uh let me just plug in uh we put out my friend's cd um we uh it, it actually was put out 10 years ago and uh online only and we actually pressed up a few copies so if you look up um estilo envy and hate stream it download it whatever you want um we have it up everywhere except for itunes um and i have a few more um I have a few more um, albums I'm working on getting put out by a few different artists. So hopefully that'll come in early later this year or early next year. Um, I don't want to give too much because I don't have the final product yet. But once it's once it's here, I'll be uh, promoting it more. Yeah, l let me know, dog. I'll have you back on the show and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Any shout outs you want to give six? Actually, no, man. I'll just give the shout out to you. I just want to say um, for anyone that's listening, uh, just give a follow to the Instagram page of the G Funk Junkies podcast and also to uh, LT. He has a real good page. If you definitely want to learn about original no. pressings and just Chicano rap history, shout, shout out your page, doggy. I think you can definitely follow it. No, it's cool. It's uh, at uh, 23LBC23. Ah, um, there you go. Good page. Yeah. Good page. That one has all the, all the my my collection. I've been putting it up little by little. Uh, I get to whenever I have time or whenever I feel like it. Uh, I take pictures of the CDs that I have and I'll put little stories about how I came across it. Or yeah, pretty much. Or, Dog, uh, uh -huh. you have one of the biggest collections I know, and obscure shit too, man. But how big is your collection? Um, I want to say it's about, I have a lot of duplicates that I got to, <laughs> I'm not sure. I got to count it. I got to actually count it because I, I do, I want to make a catalog of it. I did one about 10 years ago and it was about a thousand back then. But, um, so it's probably closer to 2000 and mostly Chicano rap. There's a few, uh, black rappers that I, that I listen to, but it's about, about I want to say about 1500 to, to 2000 CDs of oh, random man, Chicano that's... rappers. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, you know, the the homie LT is my plug, and sometimes he's hooked me up with shit that I couldn't find before. So I appreciate him for coming on. Thank you for sharing your knowledge. Um, and, you know, it just it's a pleasure to have you on here. And I've been knowing Homeboy since fuck, man. It's been it's been years. Okay. Um, but yeah, man. You know, I I just want to give a few more shout outs. Uh, Number one, I want to give a shout out to Funk over there at CalifaRap.net and everybody in Germany that's listening. To the gente in Taiwan, saludos. The homie J Function in Canada and the rest of the Canucks listening. I appreciate you all. Everybody in France, the UK, Japan. Arigato, gozaimasu. I think that's how you say thank you for listening or some shit. Uh, <laughs> shit, we even got listeners in South Africa, bro. So that's dope. Uh, but with that said, you know, as I always say, just chill till the next episode. Boom.